Uh, dear, thank you, thank you. I, I am so grateful for the music uh, here, and just uh, that's uh, such a blessing. Matthew, uh, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 5, would you stand with me? And uh, we're going to read together a portion of God's Word. We, uh, we started uh, last uh, Sunday night, and I just um, I took this thought. I, I love my church. And uh, as we have seen in the Word of God, the, the church, and when we speak about the church, we're talking about the local church. We're talking about Valley Bible Baptist Church. We're talking about uh, uh, the local church that the Lord Jesus Christ has ordained. And you find in the Bible, uh, there were local churches that started with one local church in Jerusalem. And uh, that local church uh, spread out. And then there were churches uh, throughout Judea and Samaria, plural churches. And uh, we're going to look tonight in Acts chapter 11. There was a church that came to Antioch. And that church had a vision, and that church sent Paul and Barnabas, and uh, the church from Antioch, by sending Paul and Barnabas, literally had churches planted all over uh, that known part of the world, and uh, they reached out to regions beyond. And so we're going to just look at this thought tonight, I love my church, as we are planning uh, towards the, the, um, the fair, the job fair. Uh, what we're looking at, I'm going to share some heart tonight a little bit, but then as we get into uh, things this next week, um, uh, this next Sunday night, uh, we're, we're going to uh, kind of just bring back and deal with some practical thoughts here tonight uh, of I Love My Church. Uh, let's start here, Ephesians chapter 5, and you will recognize this as the blueprint for a godly home and interesting you will find that often the home and the church are related uh, to one another. In verse 18, it reads, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, and giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord, and uh, then we, we are dealing here home-wise, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as unto the Lord. And God is a God of order, and God is established within the home that the husband is to be the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. So wives, submit yourselves for the husband. Is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of, church, head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. And then you'll notice here, husbands, love your wives, but I point out to you, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever hated yet his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even, notice this, as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones." For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, shall be joined to his wife, they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak, he says, concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as, or in particular so love the wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. And so uh, with that, we're going to continue the thought, and I'm going to have you turn here 
to Matthew chapter number 28 after we pray here this evening. If you'll join me, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you tonight already. You've been here with us and just uh, been encouraged by song, been encouraged by the presence of each and every one. And I thank you for just the church that you've given us here, Valley Bible Baptist Church. And Lord, that uh, this is your church and uh, that you have purchased this church with your blood, that you love this church. And Lord, help us to love that which you love and that uh, that which you love would be important unto us. And thank you, Lord, for hearing us. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And you may be seated here this evening. And as we've said, uh, the, the Lord loves his church. The church is his body. The church is his bride. And he purchased it, as we read here, uh, with his own blood. And uh, the thought that uh, we want to give is that as Christ loved the church, we are to love the church as well. And uh, I believe this, if I love Jesus... I'm going to love that which the Lord Jesus loves. And if I love Jesus, I'm going to love my church. And uh, see, as we spoke last Sunday night, just uh, kind of reviewing a, a few thoughts here, my love for my church has to start with my own walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And each of us must personally walk with Christ. And uh, that means if we're to walk with Christ, we're going in the same direction as the Lord Jesus Christ. If each of us walk with Christ... We can have fellowship one with another, and uh, the church is a wonderful place that we come in fellowship together. But uh, our fellowship together is so much sweeter if each of us are having fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If we walk with the Lord, uh, we bring that sense of God's presence into our services. I was thinking here uh, this afternoon in Valley Bible Baptist, you, you grew to love uh, Brother David Porter and he's with the Lord. He had the privilege uh, here several years ago of, of uh, preaching uh, his funeral in Michigan. And uh, he had preached here many, many times. He loved the Lord. And, and uh, I remember a couple of times Brother Porter shared with me as he would travel down from Michigan. He would travel down into Arkansas. And he said, Pastor, he said, there's a, a pastor there in Arkansas that you need to meet. He's a dear friend of mine. And uh, you need to meet him and uh, get to, to visit with him, get to know him. And uh, here, when my wife and I went back to Missouri, and uh, we were not far from that church in Arkansas, so Wednesday night we drove down, and we spent some time there at uh, that church, and, and it really was sweet. And one of the sweet aspects of it is, is they had been dear friends with Brother Porter, and we were dear friends with Brother Porter, and, and just that, that sweet fellowship. But you think about this, if you're a friend of Jesus, and I'm a friend of Jesus, that ought to draw us together, shouldn't it? And that ought to give us fellowship together because of our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so our walk with Christ becomes very important. If I love my church, uh, my love for my church is going to be enhanced by my own walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, secondly, we talked about this. My love for a church involves a commitment. It involves a loyalty. And uh, we saw in Ephesians how the Lord loved the church and he's committed to the church and so many promises that he gives to us. He says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He says to us as individual Christians, if we're saved, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And he tells us uh, that if we believe not uh, that he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. And aren't you grateful tonight that the Lord is faithful to us? He's committed unto us. And if we're saved, he's so committed to us that he keeps us by his power and Paul said, I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. And uh, so we talked about this. Uh, if, if we love the Lord, uh, the Lord's faithful to us, we will be faithful to his church. 
And we talked about the fact you need to find where God wants you. And you need to stay where God wants you till God moves you. And don't be swayed by trials or difficulties or disappointments, uh, uh, various seasons that we go through, the ups and downs that we face. But uh, get into the will of God. And uh, as something the Lord dealt with my heart about. You, you never doubt in the dark what God revealed to you in the light. And you stay faithful to what God has given to you. And being faithful uh, to the will of God, being committed to the will of God, uh, makes church so much more special for each of us. And then thirdly, we saw that my love for the church involves sacrifice. Christ loved the church and he gave himself for it. And that's sacrifice. And a commitment to church involves sacrifice. A commitment to church involves my time. It involves my treasure. It involves my talent. And uh, my commitment in, in that, a sacrifice that goes along with that. And uh, again, that makes church even so much sweeter as we together uh, work together. Uh, I've always heard it said that anything uh, worth having is uh, going to cost. It's going to take a price. And uh, when there's the blessing of church, there's the sacrifice that is going into that blessing. Somebody pays the price so that we can have a blessing. And we've talked about that we need to be givers and to be a part of that sacrifice to make church what God wants it to be. Fourthly, and we're going to continue this thought tonight, my love for my church involves a vision. And Christ, when he loved the church, he had a vision. He gave himself for that church and he gave himself for souls. And I was thinking about Hebrews chapter 12 verse number 2. Uh, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Now think about this, the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You ever thought about that? Uh, uh, why was the cross such joy? Well, I believe the Lord looked beyond the cross and he looked to you and I. And he looked to souls, he looked to salvation. He had a vision. He went to the cross with a vision for us, for his church. Uh, for our salvation. And so that, that vision, that vision of souls, that vision of you and I, that vision of churches, that vision uh, gave the Lord joy from the cross of Calvary. And so Christ's vision then needs to become our vision. And I want to make some just practical applications. Go with me to Matthew uh, chapter 28 this evening. Matthew chapter 28. And when we think about... Uh, Christ's vision for the church, um, of course, we would come back and we would look at this commission. And I believe this commission, if you look at it, is a commission that involves the church. In fact, the church is crucial as we look at this vision that Christ has given. And I, I want to just read here, if, you, if you'll begin with me, Matthew 28 and verse number 18. And, uh, and we read here as Jesus speaking to his disciples after the resurrection, before the ascension. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And that becomes very important because he'll never ask us to do anything, but what he'll not give us the power to do it. In other words, if he asks us to do something, he's willing to do that through us. And you'll find in each of the commissions in the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Mark and Luke and John, and the book of Acts, and each mention of the commission, there's also mention in some way of His power. 
And often we think of Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the world. And we'll find that the apostles and Paul really in particular accomplished so much uh, because they understood this need for God's power. But look with me in verses 19 and 20 as we look at this commission and this vision. And you're going to notice three parts. There's the part of witnessing. There's the part of baptizing. And there's the part of discipling. And we read in verse number 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Uh, witnessing. We're to take the gospel to the whole world. And we're to preach the gospel to every creature. In the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, the commission given in Luke, it says beginning in Jerusalem. That's our home front. And the book of Acts tells us then from Jerusalem to Judea, that would be our state, to Samaria, breaking cultural barriers, and to the uttermost parts of the earth, literally a worldwide vision to every person upon the face of this planet. This is the vision that Jesus gives to the local church. And all of us should be involved in the fulfillment of that vision, witnessing. And then he says, secondly, baptizing. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now, this is given to the local church. Uh, in other words, uh, as individuals, we have not the authority. Uh, I've heard of, uh, of uh, people baptizing their friends, maybe in a, in a swimming pool or various things. But I, I believe if we study the Bible and we look at the applications in the Word of God, this is to the local church. And the authority for baptizing is given to the local church. And uh, baptism is a protector upon the local church. And according to Acts chapter 2, it's through baptism that we have entrance into the local church. Now, we can witness as individuals, and we ought to witness as individuals, and we ought to be involved in this, but baptism is a church ordinance. And so the church is necessary, this local church. And so we're witnessing, we're baptizing, and in verse number 20, he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. That's discipling. And again, that's through the local church ultimately. See, so can't fully disciple somebody to the full level of what God wants and has for them apart from the local church. Now, when I was in college, I, I got involved in, in a group called Master Life and uh, they met in the Students' Life Center, and uh, we would go through the discipleship program of Master Life, and there was no local church foundation in that, and I was actively involved in my local church, and I was actively involved in uh, teaching and, and uh, bus ministries and various things, but I got involved in, in the Master Life, and, uh, but then they, they started doing that Master Life on Wednesday nights. And uh, the Lord so dealt with my heart that my commitment was not to that group, but God had ordained the local church. And so I had to make that my priority was uh, that 
my local church and what God had given to me. And you see, it, it's through the local church and the goal of discipleship. And I, I want you to listen close to this thought uh, here tonight because I think if we follow the Great Commission, and this is what I want to deal with tonight, I, I love my church and this is what it's involved in. See, the goal of discipleship involves integrating or bringing people into the ministry of the local church. I want you to go with me for just a moment to Acts chapter 11 because I see here a church that so well followed this plan. And uh, you'll find that uh, this was implemented in the church at Antioch. And then I want to relate this thought tonight to you and I, just some practical things for us uh, that I believe as a church, if we can grasp a hold of this and have this thought, I love my church uh, I'll show you how God can so effectively use Valley Bible Baptist Church. Now, I want you to look here in Acts chapter 11, and let's just read beginning at verse number 19, so you get this context. It says, Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenice and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but the Jews only. And if you were to go back to Acts chapter 8, you would find that there was severe persecution against the church there in Jerusalem. It was a single church at that point. And because of that persecution, the Bible says the disciples were scattered abroad. And everywhere they went, they went preaching the word. And so the Bible says they traveled to Antioch. They're preaching in verse 20. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians. Now they're breaking some cultural barriers. So they're going now beyond Judea. They're going now uh, to Samaria. They're going now to the cultural barriers. And they're going now to regions beyond. And so they come to Antioch. They speak to Grecians, Grecians pre preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. A great number believed and turned to the Lord. So now they have fulfilled the first part of that commission. Uh, they have witnessed. And they've had those that have been saved. And the Lord's hand is with them. And then tidings of these things came into the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch. So now the church in Jerusalem is sending help to this church in Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad, exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave to the Lord. He was a good man full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. And, the people, and much people was added unto the Lord. So more are being saved. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church. So now we have a church in Antioch. So what happened? These that got saved, it's evident, and uh, there are no contradictions. They would have been baptized. And as Acts chapter 2 would tell us, they were added unto them and they become now a part of this church in Antioch and taught much people. And here's what happened. Now they're being discipled. Now they are growing. And understand that Antioch had been a very pagan city. And in Antioch there were, uh, there were pagan cults and there was, uh, there was all sorts of idolatry. And as the gospel penetrates, people get saved, they're baptized, they're added to the church. Now they're discipled. But notice the outcome and the disciples were called Christians, little Jesus. They became Christ-like as they're integrated into that church first in Antioch. 
I want to relate this tonight just quickly is our vision. If I love my church, I love Christ's church, I'm going to have Christ's vision for my church. Remember in verse 20 of Matthew 28, Jesus said, Lo, I'm with thee always unto the end of the world. And as we do the work of the Lord, and he said, unto the end of the world, this is our mission as well. As we do God's work, we have the promise of his presence. And he goes before us, and that's where the job fair is going to come in as we look at uh, this aspect of discipleship. So let me give you just some practical thoughts. If I love my church, I'm going to have Christ's vision. And that vision is a vision for souls. See, Jesus said, I'm come to seek and to save that which was lost. Then he said to his disciples, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. That should be the vision of Valley Bible Baptist Church. And that begins in our Jerusalem. That means our family, our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, those that you have contact with. Uh, we should be witnessing to them. Ought to be giving out tracts. Ought to be praying for them. Uh, ought to be seeking to love them to Christ and seeking to get them to church. And we're going to visit just a little bit more about this and how can we see them come to Christ and then be assimilated into our church. Now think about this. Uh, who is someone that you might target? Now, have you thought about this? I'm sure you have. This is a pretty tough valley. And do you realize that most people in our valley are lost? You give thought to that? And what happens to lost people? They act like lost people. They look like lost people. They talk like lost people. They live like lost people. And you know, the more pagan a society is, the further a society is from a biblical church. Now, let me give you a thought. Do you know for most people in the world, it's a shock to come into a church like Valley Bible Baptist Church? Because we're different. See, they're not used to the music that we listen to. Uh, they don't understand. We're weird. You're weird, okay? You really are. You're, you're a peculiar people, and we ought to be. You realize our, our music, our standards, our convictions, our doctrine, they, they don't believe what we believe. Okay, but understand, that's the target. That's who the Lord sends us to. You see, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And uh, you look at the people that Jesus intermingled with the people that Jesus brought into the church the people uh, as they started they were the, the disciples they were a pretty rough batch when Jesus came to them when he went to them and, and then you look at the types of people that Jesus reached out to uh, you remember a man named Zacchaeus the wee little man that climbed up into the sycamore tree and uh, when Jesus went to his house people talked about that and they said uh, they said, Jesus, uh, why is he hanging with sinners? Uh, this is a sinner. He's, he's a tax collector. He works for the IRS. Why would you want him in your church? Why would you reach out to such an one? 
But he realized it's the publicans, it's the sinners that Jesus came to seek and to save. It's the lost, and that's who Jesus wants us to reach. Now, I want to come back to this in just a moment because I, I think if we understand this, this is precious. He says, we're to go to our Jerusalem, then to Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost, and that's church planting, that's missions, that should be our vision. And as we're winning souls in our Jerusalem as a church, we should be reaching out to our region, to our state, to our nation, to the region beyond, planting churches and sending missionaries, because Jesus said, you shall be witnesses to be both in Jerusalem, both in Jerusalem, and in Judea, and in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so uh, we have two parts of this. We have the part of, of winning people and training them, discipling them here in the local front. But we also have the job of planting and sending into the uttermost parts of the earth. That's a vision for souls. But what was the second aspect? A vision for baptizing. And so he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And see, our job is not just to win them to the Lord Jesus Christ, but what? To baptize them. And baptism gives the testimony of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Baptism is the wedding ring, and this says, uh, I belong to Jesus, and uh, baptism doesn't save anybody, just as the ring doesn't marry anybody, but the baptism gives the testimony, and I call it burning the bridges behind us. Now, here's what happens. Baptism identifies one with the local church, and they are added unto them. Now, think about this. We are commissioned to give the gospel to the lost. And in Española... That's a rough bunch. See, that's down to the drugs and to the alcohol, uh, to the living together, to all of the false doctrines. That's down to the gutters. That's down to the uh, down and out. That's down to where we live. And that's our target. That's who the Lord has sent us to. Now, they see us as so different. But do you realize in Antioch, that's the way it was. And in Jerusalem, that's the way it was. But what are we to do? We are to win them, then we're to baptize them. That means we are to bring them into the church as a part of our church. Now, uh, it, it'd be wonderful, wouldn't it, if, if, uh, if everybody around here uh, looked like and act like and talk like independent Baptists. Wouldn't that be something? Wow, and somebody comes to church and wow, they're ready to be plugged in and they look good and they, uh, they're right and everything is right. But that's not Española. That's not our valley. And very rare that when we reach out, our valley, what's our valley made of? Sinners. But you remember, such were some of you. But you are washed. Don't ever forget from whence you've come. Don't ever forget that we have arrived at a place. Friends, our job, our commission is to reach a lost world. And if we love Jesus, we love a world that Jesus loved. And so we're to integrate them. How do we do that? How can we do that? Well, God said all power is given unto me. You can't do it, I can't do it, but the power of the Lord can do it. And God's presence, lo, I am with thee always, even unto the end of the world. See, he never asks us to do anything that he can't do through us. And we're going to have to love them into church. And we're going to have to fellowship them into church. 
We're going to have to invest in lives and in hearts. We're going to have to pray for them. We're going to have to reach out as Jesus reached out. See, there's a vision for winning the lost. And there's a vision for baptizing those that are one. But then there's a vision for discipleship. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Making disciples and uh, seeing these rough folks integrated into the church and becoming what the Lord wants them to be and seeing them conform to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that just as I am without one plea but that thy blood was shed for me, I come to Jesus just as I are. And I think sometimes we, we want people already to be over here and all right when they get saved, but they're not. I wasn't. I'm over here. And I come to Jesus just as I am, a lost sinner dying. And friend, I need help and people need help and we love them right where they are. Jesus loved them right where they are. But you see, when you love them and train them and disciple them, the Lord by the Spirit. When a person gets born again, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When I got saved, the Lord began to deal with my heart about the music. The Lord began to deal with my heart about dress. The Lord began to deal with my heart about where I went and my entertainment. And God was the one that brought conviction. And as I read the Word of God, as I studied the Word of God, as I was discipled, God began to convict and work and change. And aren't you grateful that the Lord changes? But friend, He's still changing me. And again, don't ever forget where you've come from and what God is doing. Making disciples and seeing them conformed to the image of Jesus. You say, preacher, that's impossible. Yes, it is. But Christ can do all things. And with God, nothing shall be impossible. I remind you again, such were some of you. But you have been washed. And the Lord does the work. Is he still working on you? He is at me. And see, here's our job fair. This is what our goal is. To help fulfill the vision that the Lord's given to us. To see as a church a lost field. And what God can do through us. How God can accomplish His purpose in our lives. Now can you say here tonight, I love my church. Can you say that? I love my church. And mean that. Well, first of all, you have to start with I love Christ. I love Christ because he first loved me. He saved me. He forgave me. And then he gave me a church. And he placed me in that church. And I love my church. And I love my church. I have a vision for my church. And my vision for my church is Christ's vision. And that vision is to go into all the world and to preach the gospel to every creature. Those that get saved, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And those that are following the Lord obediently in baptism, 
teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. You know, I, I, I want our church just to love people. To love people. Because Jesus loves people. And there are a lot of hurting people here in this valley. There are a lot of people who have come from broken hearts and broken homes. A lot of people who have scars. A lot of people who, um, they're hurting. A lot of people who have been hurt by church. A lot of people who have been hurt by Christians. And do we love people? Do we love people as Jesus loved people? Do we love Jesus enough to let him love through us? Do we love Jesus enough to have his vision, his purpose, his direction, and his plan? I love my church, and you say that. And I have a vision for my church. And I want to find out what the Lord wants for me, and how he wants to use me, and how he can use me. Remember, it takes commitment. It takes a walk with Jesus to do that. It takes sacrifice to do that. But every one of us working together work like a body. And when we work like a body, God does something special. Now, I want you, I'm just going to close with the thought, I want you to be much in prayer because we're working on some things to put this vision together to where as we have people who visit, uh, that we reach out and love them and fellowship them into church as the Lord adds to the church such as should be saved. Thank you. Let's bow our heads. Let's go to the Lord.